following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the best thing on the Internet, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Whether you're planning to buy or sell a house, call in now with your question. Our goal is to help you with any real estate transaction. So turn off the cat videos and pay attention. Here's your host, Duncan Smythe. Welcome to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Our phone number is 866-472-5788. Who doesn't love the smell of cat urine? (laughs) Yep, that is our topic for today. I'm not kidding you. One of the greatest mistakes you can make as a seller is to miss any opportunity to stage your house for sale. Every seller wants top dollar. That's pretty much universal. Every seller I've ever worked with, they want to get the best price for their house. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, Staging is essential if you want to achieve that goal. But there are really a couple of issues that are more urgent in staging uh, than others. So let's discuss the most important aspects of staging that you really have to do first if you want to get that top dollar for your house. You can decide, hey, I don't want to paint, I don't want to fix the windows, I'm not going to install a new water heater. Okay, if you don't want to do that, you might be able to get away with that, but there are a couple of things you cannot get away with, and those things are odors and clutter. That's what we're going to talk about today. There are a couple of things you really have to do. Quick story. Several years ago, I was working with a couple, uh, a really nice family, and I found a house that I thought they'd probably want to go, like to go to see. And I looked over the listing, and I drove by the house. It had the number of bedrooms they wanted. It, it had a newer kitchen. It was nicely fenced in, great neighborhood, not far from school. I, I was thinking, this is really the house for them. This is what they want. And we got to the house. We knocked on the door, and the door opened. And as soon as the door opened, I was hit with, what I, I don't know how to describe it, a stench Maybe, maybe that's over, overstating it, but it was a really, really putrid, sickening odor. And we walked into the house, and, and I, I could tell from the expression on their faces, they were stunned by the odor. And uh, I, we found out that the sellers of the house were breeders of show cats. Uh, and they had more than a dozen cats living in the house. And, well, they weren't doing what they had to do to keep this house clean. It, it was such a sickening odor that they didn't even want to see the rest of the house, and we left. I, before we left, I pulled the owner aside, and I said, you know, you really ought to take care of this. Uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to sell the house like this. It's just not going to happen. They acted a little indignant, like, what are you, a cat hater? And that, that wasn't the case at all. It's just that it was really, really sickening. Is there anything more disgusting than foul odors in a house? With any bad odors there's an immediate perception that the house is dirty. This might not be true, but it's really hard to overcome that ick factor. You know how you walk into a house and smell something disgusting and go, ugh, what is that? Foul odors have to be addressed. They must be taken care of. There is no bigger negative for buyers and no faster turnoff for buyers. So let's start with pet odors. There are steps you should take if you truly want to sell the house and get the most money for it with pets. 
Now, if this is a big problem, for example, let's say you have a couple of really large dogs or several large dogs, and the house always smells like dog, you might actually want to consider asking your brother or your coworker to take the dogs for the duration of the sale process. Uh, this could mean the difference between getting top dollar and settling for much less money than you should be receiving for your property. Another possibility is to you know, put them somewhere in the house where they're less obvious, for example. I would guess maybe for dogs, set up a spot for them in the garage um, or maybe put them in the basement. Cats, could they live in the attic for a few weeks possibly? If Now, don't send me a lot of nasty letters. I'm a huge animal lover. I'm not suggesting that you lock your dogs or cats outside in a blizzard. Uh, I'm just suggesting that you need to put them in a different spot where the odor may be less obvious. I wouldn't suggest that you force them to live in an uncomfortable environment, for example. I'm just suggesting set up a place and make it theirs. For example, dogs, uh, put a piece of carpet in the garage and maybe uh, some old blankets that have your scent, something like that, and include any toys they like that would, they would want with them and, and sort of make the place their own. Uh, with cats, as I said, the attic might be a place they wouldn't mind. Cats like small, tighter spaces. They might prefer that. Uh, and they would might, not, might, might mind not being there for a while. As far as cats go, you know that cat box has to be cleaned more frequently than you're doing it, uh, more than once a day. I once had a friend who had several cats say that she cleaned the cat box once a day for each cat, so that she had three cats, she cleaned the cat box three times a day, and her house didn't smell like cat at all. So I have to say there is a way to get past this problem. So if you can put the cat box somewhere where it's unnoticeable and doesn't stink up the house, you don't want your cat box in the dining room, of course. Uh, I would suggest putting it maybe in the basement, uh, I don't know, maybe in the laundry room, somewhere away from the main area of the house so you can't smell it. And I know this is disruptive to your animals, but you've got to remember it's no longer your home, it's a product for sale. And that's the essence of staging. If you have to think about it, I'm sorry, you have to think about it that way if you want to get the best price of your house, for your house. It's no longer your home, it's a product for sale. So let's talk about other foul odors. Oh, I'm sorry, let's talk about food odors. Food odors can help sell a house or can discourage people from buying a house. If you want to bake an apple pie every time the house is being shown, great idea. Uh, everybody remembers from childhood how great it is to smell grandma's pie in the oven. Any staging that creates a warm, fuzzy feeling like that can help sell the house. I had a client once who would put a pan of water on the stove uh, with cinnamon in it every time the house was being shown. Not a bad idea. But sometimes kitchen odors are a deterrent to buyers because they're stale or overpowering. And there are certain spices that might cause an odor that clings and may not be pleasant uh, to people viewing your house. One example is curry. Certain types of curry are especially pungent and have the tendency to really float through the house and cling. You really want to get rid of food odors like that. They're a big turnoff again. Cigarette odors. Let's talk about that. This is the big one. I've had a lot of buyer clients who simply would not consider buying a house with a tobacco odor. Uh, there's a common feeling that cigarette or smoke, uh, cigarette odor, cigar odor is indelible. A lot of people simply believe you can never, never totally purge the house of that smell. If you're a smoker and you've been smoking in the house, sometimes for years, you're probably going to have to repaint the whole interior of your house. Uh, if the walls have yellowed from years of exposure, you're going to have to use a special paint that will cover that 
or seal it in. Uh, if you're hiring a professional painter, he's going to know what to do. Uh, this is a problem that professional painters deal with. They know how to deal with that. If you're going to paint yourself, talk to someone at Home Depot or Lowe's or your local hardware store, someone who knows something about paint, just have a conversation with them and say, listen, this is the situation. My walls are yellow. The house smells lousy. Uh, what kind of paint do I need to use? And they'll steer you in the right direction. Okay, now that we've identified the worst odors, let's discuss what to do about it. Where does odor hide? What holds odor? The primary culprit is fabric, carpet, draperies, furniture, things like that. And, and, and I mean, any kind of furniture, not just soft, plushy fabrics, but leather and vinyl, they really hold odor. With curtains, depending on the type, uh, some you can just throw in a washing machine, but of course, some are going to have to be sent to a dry cleaner. Carpets should be thoroughly cleaned. With really heavy smokers, usually you're going to have to have them professionally cleaned uh, to get that odor out of them because that really, really clings in carpet. Uh, the buildup is frequently too great to just use a vacuum or try to shampoo yourself. And the, the same goes true for furniture. Professional cleaning may be necessary for your furniture. Uh, now, cleaning, you want to clean everything, of course, but cleaning may not be totally successful at removing odors. Uh, if a thorough cleaning doesn't get rid of odors, there are products on the market that perform well in neutralizing odors. Uh, two I think can think of quickly are Febreze, and uh, Air Sponge is a product I've used with some success. Febreze, uh, you're probably familiar with that. It's sprayed directly onto surfaces to neutralize odor. Uh, Air Sponge, it's sort of a, like a pint-sized container and it's filled with a compound that absorbs odor. I've had great success with that, uh, with both of those actually, Febreze and Air Sponge. I had a, a home that had several large dogs and she put these air sponges around the house in sort of uh, discrete locations and it absorbed a lot of the smell. It really worked pretty well. But again, ask at your local hardware store for a product that will absorb or neutralize. Now, covering up odor, I don't recommend that. If you can try to neutralize it or clean to get rid of it, Covering up, I really can't recommend that. Uh, anything perfumey, uh, scented candles, air fresheners, potpourri, you've got to be really cautious of overuse. Uh, a small scented candle in the bathroom, that's great. It may smell nice, but placing them all over the house, it smells like you're trying to cover something up. Uh, it doesn't smell fresh. It smells like a cheap motel, minus the Gideon Bible. Uh, I'm not sure... Uh, which smells worse, actually? I mean, you're trying to cover, I'm talking about trying to cover something up. I'm not sure which smells worse, a wet dog or a vanilla-scented wet dog. Don't overuse products that just mask odor. Okay, enough about odors. Let's talk about clutter. Clutter is really a huge enemy when you're putting your house on the market. Sellers, you want to really take note about that. As we live our lives, we all accumulate a lot of stuff. We have possessions we have them everywhere in the house. We save things we shouldn't. Clutter is another major turnoff to buyers. It not only makes your rooms look smaller, you knew that, uh, but you don't want that as a seller, of course, but it's a huge distraction. You want potential buyers to look at your house as a blank slate, uh, trying to imagine themselves living there, and keep in your mind that you're selling the house, not your stuff. That's really difficult to... Uh, it's really difficult to picture where your furniture would go if there's clutter everywhere. Buyers want to picture where their furniture would go. Sometimes they'll even bring a measuring tape to see, will our sofa fit here? Will our bed fit here? That's really hard to do with a lot of clutter. 
Now, clutter isn't always junk. People think of clutter as junk and empty boxes. It's not always uh, stacks of newspapers and half-eaten food. It can be any personal property or even valuable items that are kept in a disorderly way. Quick story. Several years ago, I, I showed buyers a home that had just been listed for sale. And the sellers were collectors of beer mugs and these fancy beer steins from all over the world. They had a collection of more than 3,000 of them in the house. Uh, they were really, really proud of their collection. There was even a rack in the bathroom with an assortment of beer steins. Uh, they, they couldn't have been more proud. But to the non-collector, it was an unsightly mess. To my buyers, they were totally disinterested in the house. They just wanted to leave. Uh, the house may have been, in actuality, a really nice house, but you couldn't tell through the clutter. Uh, the house took months to sell. Uh, I would have advised these people, if, if I had been listing their house, when they were first planning to sell, their initial action should have been to package the mugs and put them in storage. You're moving anyway. It's, it's time to pack it up and, and leave. You're going to have to move anyway. Uh, potential buyers are not there to see your collection of mugs. It's no longer your home. It's a product for sale. And don't forget that. Quick suggestion about clutter. Sometimes if you've lived in the house for a really long time, uh, you don't see your own clutter. You don't see your own mess. I know a lot of people like this. You may be stepping over something, and you've done it for so long that you just don't see it anymore. You know what, you know what that's like. Do you think you may have trouble seeing your own mess? Great suggestion. Take a photo of the room. Take a picture. Just pull out your phone. Take a picture of the room and bring it into work the next day. Print it out. Show it to your coworkers. If they collapse in fits of laughter, <laughs> you know what you have to do. This will help to show you the clutter and show you what you need to do. Let's take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life 
goals, priorities, and choices on track. The result is an easier, happier, and more inspired life. The name of the program is What Matters. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. We're back with House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Uh, let's go to the phones. We have a call from Paul in Minnesota. Hi, Paul. You're on House Talk. Enjoying the show. Um, well, thanks a lot. I wanted to follow up on the topic of clutter and perhaps okay. more generally. Um, sure. I know you're talking about it in the context of a house sale and, uh, and so on. But mm-hmm. uh, I was wondering if you could comment on it more generally in terms of sort of how clutter affects the house in general and sort of personal well-being. It's, uh, it's funny. My wife... Um, got a book called The Happiness Project for Christmas. And uh, started I've heard of that. Was that I, I've heard of that. Was that, a, that was a New York Times bestseller list, it, I think. Indeed it was. Um, yeah, I, it, no, I've heard of it. I have not read it. I think it came out maybe five, six years ago now. It's, it's out in paperback now. It's by a woman named Gretchen Rubin. Okay. In, in any case, she, she got the book. Um, Tell me about it. It, it really intrigued her, and uh, she ripped through it pretty quickly. And since then, I've been reading it. And uh, one of the topics that she covers, uh, she covers a lot of topics that relate to happiness, but I won't go into that. But uh, one of the things she touches on is clutter and how it sort of impedes happiness and uh, gets in the way of a lot of things. Um, Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, It's good. And and I don't want to make it sound like I'm walking the talk at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so you have not decluttered your own house yet? You're no, saying. no. But uh, I've uh, I've gotten so a lot life, of good. Your ideas. life is your life is unhappy, and it won't be happy until you unclutter the house. <laughs> but I have already experienced. Uh, I, I tried to tackle part of my office um, mm. over the weekend, and I've sort of uh, have uh, experienced the initial sort of buzz that comes from actually. Uh, eliminating things that you don't use. Uh, this Gretchen Rubin goes into a lot of different categories of clutter and does a little bit of analysis on it, nostalgic clutter, conservation clutter, aspirational clutter, these sorts of things. And it's kind of so, interesting. So it's, sort of a, it's sort of uncluttering your house as a step toward organizing your life. Is that what it is? Indeed. Sort of? And okay. so obviously it's going to contribute to a house sale and from a realtor's perspective, sure. Um, I, remember, I remember saying from a long time ago, if a... Cluttered desk means a cluttered mind. What does an uncluttered desk mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a great thing. <laughs> first of all, let me let me, just, let me first say that I'm not crazy about any book with it, with the word project in the title because that implies <laughs> I have to work or do something work related. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a New Year's resolution, you're going to unclutter. I think it's important. I think that um, yeah, as you look around, not only my office, but 
God knows, any, any room in my, uh, in my house. There's all sorts of, sorts of things that you uh, hold on to sort of for nostalgic reasons and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or aspirational reasons, things that you're never going to use. If you haven't used it for two or three years, then, you know, you really ought to question it. Yeah. And I think that she, you know, she draws the correlation between how it can be rather uplifting and restorative uh, in the sense of uh, creating a room for, you know, uh, growth in, uh, in your life and uh, eliminating distractions, that sort of thing. Uh, it's a lot of good food for, so- food for thought. I, I really like that. I like that. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's, so it's sort of a f- fulfilling thing, but it can be an exhilarating thing to, to, uh, to clear out your life, sort of. I think so. It's sort of a journey to getting happier kind of thing. And she even talks about leaving, um, well, the one technique is to leave one shelf completely empty in your house. So just clear it off. Um, God, that, would maybe, be a, that, would, that would be a novelty in my house. Maybe, it'll be, maybe it would be symbolic, but uh, it, it tends to have an idea uh, or promote the idea that there is space to expand, there's possibilities and so on. Uh, and she, she sort of called out a paradox where if you... You know, go to your closets, and I imagine this is a this is a pertinent item when you're doing a house sale when folks are looking through closet mm-hmm. space and so on. But mm-hmm. if uh, if you go through the process of calling out your closet, things that you never wear, yeah, uh, you know, you never liked in the first place, gift that you're holding on to for for whatever reason, uh, you actually feel like you have more choices because. Uh, the items that remain are things that you would actually consider wearing. <laughs> That's, and, and, how, and how many of us don't have clothes from, from high school in our closets? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally love that. I think that's a great – I'm going to have to pick up the book and read it. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, – I don't read a lot of self-help books, but I'm a big fan of trying to accomplish something each year, or d- doing a project of some kind. For example, uh, there's a list of things that I've always wanted to do and never gotten around to, like like taking a scuba class and getting certified, uh, maybe right. getting a new, a new professional license, or taking a language class, something like that. I, I'm a big fan – of, and I'm always telling my friends I'm a big fan of doing that kind of thing, getting, accomplishing some sort of a feeling of accomplishment and fulfillment. I think that's great. Well, that's exactly what she does. She goes on in the next chapters to outline, you know, taking on a new task, doing that very thing, sort of freeing up your, uh, your clutter so that you can move on to bigger and better things. So. And, that, and that relates to a lot of these TV shows that are on now. You've seen, seen some of them probably with hoarders. People yes. hoarding things. Yes. Oh my God, that is appalling! <laughs> Can you stand it when you see how how much crap people have in their houses? That's unbelievable. It really is to me. But uh, your point I, is well taken. You <laughs> mentioned uh, one technique that you've used is taking photographs of various parts of a house to sort of uh, point out more objectively. Well, we don't we don't notice our own stuff, as you said. Right. How many how many days have you walked past that shelf and never even thought about uncluttering it? And I've got piles of you know stacks of books and papers and newspapers and so on at my bedside uh, that have been sitting there for months. And it's, uh, it's just, and I'll tell you, when you when you finally get around to decluttering to sell your house, you're really going to see what a project yes. that is. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I've I've just I was just at a house this weekend, uh, talking to some people who are going to list their house very soon, and there is a lot a lot of stuff, and I don't think they realized how much right. work is going to be involved because they were asking me what do we do about all this, and I and I <laughs> I almost had to shake my head and say I have no idea. But I said, start getting boxes right now because you're not going to list the house for several months. Start getting boxes out right now and putting stuff in the boxes and make a pact to do it like for one half hour every day. Just put stuff in boxes because you're going to move anyway. 
you're st- in that particular case, you're selling your house. You're going to be moving anyway. You've got to get rid of the junk you've, or the stuff. It, I don't want to call it junk derogatorily, but you know, it, you've got to get rid of this stuff. Start packing now. I think one of the techniques that uh, Ruben mentions is uh, do a, a virtual move. In other words, sort of pretend like you're moving. And maybe people oh. actually have to move to actually accomplish the clutter clearing. But uh, one of the techniques was, okay, pretend like you're moving <laughs> and make That's- decisions on that basis. Well, that's a great idea because that might, that might uh, you know, when you start to go through clutter, you realize what's important to me, what's not important to me. Yes. And, we, and we, we all have that situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's most basically, as you spoke about before, it goes to clothe, clothing. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, how many clothes do I have from high school that I don't wear anymore? And I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. my My father was a Depression era and he saved. I would throw out a pair of sneakers when I was a kid that had holes in the bottom. And all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, my mother would find them in my dad's closet. He would pull them out of the garbage like, well, you can't throw these out. They're still good. No, they weren't good. They had a hole in the bottom. <laughs> so that would fall into the category of nostalgic clutter for uh, <laughs> yeah, nostalgic. What, what nostalgia could you possibly attach to <laughs> a, year, a year-old pair of sneakers with holes in the bottom? You know, that, yes. that always made me laugh. But I, lo- I love the concept. I, the reason I like self-help books is I really like uh, – I, I, I used to own a business where I employed a lot of kids who were high school and college age. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always used to tell them is you have to define success for yourself. Uh, for right. some people, it's money. For some people, it's uh, I want to be a celebrity, whatever it is. But you have to define it for yourself. And when you're in your early 20s, you think you're invincible. You think you're going to live forever. But as I say, always just to say to them, I would say, the more, if you're 25 years old and you wake up in the morning and you, the morning you wake up and look at your alarm clock and say, oh, crap, not again, it's time to move on. I might not have used the word crap, by the way, but it's, <laughs> but it's time to move on to something else because you're going to be right. 55 years old in the same job because you get stuck in the same job and, or you have kids and you can't leave your work. And all of a sudden, you're 30, it's 30 years later and you're doing that same thing that caused you to wake up and say, oh, crap, not again. Right, so right. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, and, and I think de- that, that plays right into decluttering your life. If you can, like on an annual basis, go through your house, throw out, get rid of all the clothes. I mean, how many people are waiting for a donation of clothes? They're all right. over the country. I mean, I mean right. there are, how many agencies just in your town are collecting used clothing that you're yeah, not wearing? Thing, you, you don't have to throw it out. You can actually, you know, sell it or you can uh, donate Absolutely. it or, or, or whatever you need to do. But yes. Oh. I'm a huge fan of donating stuff because, you know, uh, clothing is one thing. Of course, someone can use your clothing unless it's old sneakers with holes in it. But, you know, additionally, when you start going through just even your kitchen cabinet, how much canned food has been in there for three years that you never opened the can? Somebody needs that. Somebody needs that food. You know, that's uh, (laughs) so tell me something uh, which made you feel better reading the book or decluttering the house? Oh, decluttering the house, but like I say, I, I, um, I'm far, it's far from over. It's, it's just beginning, but uh, it's funny how you do experience that um, the, there's a good feeling, and there's a, there's a, uh, it kind of feeds itself once you get going on it. So, sort of the satisfaction of a job well done. <laughs> I think so. I, it's, it's leaving me want, wanting to do some more, so <laughs> I guess that's good. Well, uh, Paul, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, thanks again. Call again sometime. Thanks so, thanks so much, Duncan. So long. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Bye. Okay, I'm going to take a, uh, I have an email about clutter. 
Nancy in South Carolina says, what about family pictures? Uh, can I leave them out or should I put them away? Oh, that's a tough one, Nancy. You're not going to like what I have to say. Uh, family pictures fill everybody's houses. I have them all over my home. It's the way we recall precious moments in life. We treasure our loved ones. We want to remember every event. Uh, and this may sound a little cold, but personal photos have to go. You have to depersonalize your house when it's for sale. Uh, it's really difficult for a buyer to envision living in a house with portraits of your family everywhere and your pictures all over the walls and all over the refrigerator and so forth. Don't, leave, don't lose sight of that because you're going to be unpacking your pictures in a, really, in a new location uh, really soon. And that reminds me of another quick story. Uh, several years ago, I was showing a house to a family with teenage sons and we were walking around the, uh, the upper level and I heard laughter coming from the bedroom and I found that we walked into the bedroom, the master bedroom, and found the boys looking at a framed photo of the husband and wife on vacation at a topless beach. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to leave that picture up. <laughs> but, of course, weeks later, that's the only thing they remembered about the house. But in addition to photos that you should really take out, any other personal items that can make a buyer uncomfortable should probably be eliminated. Like, uh, a lot of people might have art objects that are considered lewd or obscene or bizarre. Um, I would also recommend packing away any item that makes a strong religious or a political statement uh, because it's not, you know, it, it's not helping you to sell your house. Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. We have a caller on hold. Uh, John from Long Island, you're on House Talk. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. I have, I have a question or a situation, if you will. Okay. Um, been in our, the house I'm in presently uh, for a little over seven years, and we're thinking, do we add on to the house because we, we'd like some more space, a little different configuration, mm-hmm. or do we move? Okay. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how big is your family? Um, it's me, my wife, and four kids. Okay, so you're, what, tell me what kind of, a, of a, uh, an addition you're considering. Well, um, we've got an older house, like a pre-World War II house. Okay. And um, what we'd like to do is... How many uh, bedrooms? We have, we have four now. Okay. Um, but what we'd like to... You know, it's an older house, so the bedrooms aren't real big. One of them's small. Uh, so what we'd like to do is add on a family room and then maybe go up over the family room and get a new master bedroom with a master bath and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, okay, we see that a lot. Yeah, that's okay. So it'll be a fifth bathroom with a master with a master bath? Yes. Yeah, yes. oh, that's a, that's a nice addition. And that'll, that'll hold the family, accommodate the family a lot better. Um, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a very common question. Every realtor hears this all the time. And, of course, as you know, ultimately... It's a question only you can answer, but I can present you with some considerations because there are positives and negatives on both sides of the, of the issue. Really? Uh, okay. Well, well, it's really about what's important to you. That's what you're going to have to think about. So here's, here's the Getting thing. Getting away okay, from my kids is important to me. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. what, your, what your wife wants, your wife gets. <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> so let's talk first about an addition. Sure. Uh, a lot of people, if you haven't started the, doing this yet, there's several considerations you're going to have to think about that you may not have thought about. First of all, if you're the planning stage for an addition, can take up to six months. This is not something that you that you do overnight. You draw it on, on the back of a napkin and say, "Let's build this." Okay. You have to talk about what kind of addition you want. You talked about that, and you're going to have to start with. Well, there are three people basically you deal with: an architect, your contractor, or builder and the town. In some areas, the county would be issuing permits, but these are the three people you have to deal with the most when you're talking about an addition. six months? Well, here's the thing is, you're gonna sit down with an architect, right? That architect is gonna take your conception, you're gonna write something down or draw something out. That architect is gonna say, let me take these plans back to my office and draw the plans for what you want. When you give them the go ahead, first of all, this isn't cheap. Architect for that kind of a plan is probably gonna be at least 5,000 bucks. Okay. okay, so it's not a cheap thing. I can't get somebody in to just give me an idea? Oh, you might do that. You can call a builder to give you a rough idea, but to really get, you've got to really get the, the numbers. You, you want to know the exact numbers. And, and an architect just doing your drawing is going to take about four weeks, 
maybe six. Yeah. So that takes time. Yeah. Then when you hand it to your builder, your builder is going to have to break it down. They're going to ask you lots of questions. They're going to cover every base. Like, what do you need? Especially if you talk, if you're talking about like a kitchen, for example. There are going to be all sorts of questions about what kind of ca- what color cabinets, what kind of floor, what kind of countertops, what kind of appliances. They have to price everything out. It might take your builder or contractor another four weeks just to do that. And then you're going to approach the town and say, I need permits for this addition. And that can take several months, longer than several months. If your house, if you need a, uh, a variance to complete well, the addition you're talking about. I was going to ask about that because... Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fair amount of people that have done additions, mm-hmm. but um, as I understand it, it depends upon your lot size, I guess. That's absolutely right. It depends on the footprint of the house on the property. If you're within certain setbacks, each town has, has zoning laws, and there will be setbacks like 50 feet from the front curb line or 15 or 20 or 30 feet from the side. There are setbacks that have to be uh, lived within. And if you're going to go outside that even one inch, the town's going to have to, it's going to have to go before a planning board or a commission of some kind. But even if you don't do that, even if you stay within the rules and say, nope, I'm just going to make an addition that fits on the lot, they may still come back and say, well, okay, we're going to hear it at next month's meeting, which is seven weeks from now. That's not uncommon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the local government. Well, that's the thing. do you think I should find out whether or not I can put an addition on before I... Uh, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to start the whole process by walking into your town hall and say, what do you need from me? You know, that's, right. not, a bad, that's not a bad way to start. But what let's say you, deci- you decide you want to... I'm pre- sorry. What should I be prepared? You know, what kind of things does the town usually want to... You know, well, how should gonna, I be prepared to walk in? Well, well, the first thing they're going to tell you is, first of all, bureaucrats want to see things in writing. They're not just going to say, describe it to me. That's why, that's why in many cases, they're not even going to talk to you until you have some sort of an architectural plan or a site plan that shows how it will be on the property itself before they would even consider it. They're going to ask to see that probably. Okay. Well, so will, let's a good architect, will a good architect know, um, yes. you know what good I ar- need? Good ar- any architect is going to know the zoning laws. They're going to know any, all about setbacks. They're going to be able to help you stay within the rules, which, is, of course, is what you want to do. But once you get, let's say you decide to go ahead with that. You decide, yep, we're going to go with the construction. This process is likely to be very disruptive in your daily life, and it can take much longer than your contractor is projected that's it's what not, I'm afraid of. Well, well, here's the other thing, too. It, people tend to blame it on their contractor. Not always the contractor's fault. Uh, weather issues come up wherever you live. You live in Long Island. You have hurricanes yes. in the summer. You have snowstorms in the winter. Weather issues can delay building for months. The availability of materials. Let's say you ordered a particular color of granite. When it comes in, it's the wrong color. Sorry, four weeks. Uh, uh, per the permit process, again, can take way longer. But anyway, you have to factor in that that delays are not unusual in this process. Municipal involvement always ties things up. because Regular inspections are, once they sign off on the project and they give you your permits, municipal involvement is still necessary because they require inspections as construction continues. Right. For example, right. the inspector, you call the inspector and say, okay, we're done with the plumbing. And the inspector will say, uh, okay, I can fit you in on my schedule uh, a week from Thursday. <laughs> so you have to stop doing everything. That's what, that's what, now, I'm not suggesting this always happens, but this is what routinely happens. You have to, I pretty much would say double every time estimate that they give you because the, oh, you don't, that's you know, that's, scary. That, well, it, well it, can, it can work to your disadvantage. Again, a good architect guiding you through the process and a good builder will be very helpful. Um, and again, here's the other lawyer? thing. Well, 
talk to the architect first. You might need a lawyer to get it, get it through the town. If you have a town that's going to give you a big problem, uh, you might want to ask your architect, listen, who's a good local attorney who can sort of grease the wheels with the town? Maybe an attorney who appears before the planning board on a regular basis who might be able to get you in quicker. That's entirely possible. Um, here, here's another thought. If you're, uh, when you start to talk about, uh, about disruption, does it involve the kitchen? And how long will the kitchen be unusable? Because, yeah. you know, the thing is, kitchen, um, for example, if your kitchen is involved, every meal is either take out or eat out. And that gets well, expensive. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a next question. Well, you have to move out of the house even for a short time. For example, the plumber calls and says, okay, we're going to turn off the water for the next four days. You've got to move your family somewhere else. Another expense. Right. I've considered that. I'm not trying to talk you out of this. I'm really not trying to talk you out. I just want you to be well informed. So let's talk about the other option that you talked about. Yeah, uh, because the more we talk about this, the more I think I want to move. Okay, well, and again, well, here's the thing is the entire planning process uh, might take six months when you're planning an addition to the house or a construction of some kind, but you can sell and buy and move into another house in in well under six months if you want to do that. But here's my question. Would you stay in the same area? Yeah, we, we like staying in the same town. So um, school, no, no school change for the kids. No, nah, not that we, not that they can't handle. I mean, there are a couple different grammar schools, but you know, there'll be the same school system. The 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 thing that's kind of compelling us to even go through, and after speaking to you, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like it might be more horrific. Again, again, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk you out of it. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I just want to want well, you to be aware of all the possibilities. Well, the thing is, we really like the block, and we like our neighbors. Right. So, it, it's, you know, that weighs into the decision as well. Of course, of course. Um, of course uh, and, and here's the thing about moving. Uh, we talked about the stress of the, of the construction process. The stress of moving is, is a consideration also, because packing the entire house and moving is time-consuming and stressful. And then, of course, you have the other dilemma that we haven't even brushed on yet is, should I buy first or sell first? I, well, you know, I don't know you, that I'm going to have a choice financially. Should, I think I'm going to have to sell first. Well, I mean, but should you find the house of your dreams first and then put your house on the market immediately? Or should you put sell your house first and then search for the house you want, risking not being able to find a house that suits you? See, that's a problem. That's another consideration. So it's not an easy choice no matter which way you go. What if your house doesn't sell? and uh, you oh, my house will sell. Okay, okay, then maybe it's best for, in your case, to find the house that you really want, the house of your dreams, first, and then put your house on the market. But planning is big. All I can say is, the bottom line is, planning is big. You have to make a plan with all possible contingencies in the back of your mind or or on a piece of paper, because if you plan everything and then something goes sideways, you won't feel totally at a loss. For example, let's say, uh, just for, for throwing something out there, let's say you meet with an architect, you price out the addition you want to give yourself an approximate cost, and then you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to search for the house we really want until June 1st. If we don't find the house that suits us by June 1st, then we're going to go ahead with the addition. You know what I mean? Right. So having a plan yeah. A, a plan B, a plan C, not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Should I be speaking to mortgage people at this point then? Uh, you, you want to bring them in uh, as early as possible, especially because you're going to be selling one house and financing another one. So that's a good. That's also a great way to start because th- that mortgage person is going to be able to tell you how much you can afford, how much the payments are going to be on your new house if you're going to buy a new house. Oh yeah, I would definitely sit down with a mortgage person right away. And that, and that you could do that you could do in a half hour and it doesn't cost you anything. Isn't it very expensive to carry two houses though? Yeah, you want if to try I, to. I, yeah. Yes, you, if at all possible, you want to try to 
coordinate the closings to the same day. You can usually do that. Sometimes it's a little tricky. It's a matter of negotiation when you're buying a house, uh, when you're negotiating for a closing date, and then you have a, a buyer for your home and you want to coordinate that date. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes the buyer of your house will say, oh, no, we can't do that because our house is sold and it's not closing until September. So maybe that's, you know, that's just part of the negotiation process. But yeah, you want to try to coordinate the closing dates because if you don't do that, that's a financial bind. I mean, you can work your way out of, there are financial ways around that, but it's really optimally you want to close on the same day. Yeah, I prefer not to try. I mean, if I, I mean, I don't think I can carry two houses, but. Well, there there are, there are are financial ways. There's what's called bridge financing uh, where they will, uh, a financial institution will loan you the money to carry you between the two, but you really don't want to do that. It's really expensive. And what happens if, what happens if you move into the, if at the last minute one of the houses burns down and you're stuck paying two mortgages, you know what I mean? It's just, you don't want to do that unless you absolutely have to. I hear you. I hear you. Is there, is there getting back to construction, is there any uh, rule of thumb as far as construction costs, cost per square foot or anything like that? That's highly localized. Uh, I've heard $100, $150, up to three and $400 per square foot. Yeah, that's, I've spoken it's going to, to dep- some friends. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to depend on what you want. And that's an, an architect, uh, a builder especially, a builder will be able to help you with that right away. But it's, that's a localized thing because in certain areas of Long Island might be way more expensive than others. Uh, that's something you want to ask a builder. Okay. John, okay. I have to go. I have to go to a break. But thank you All so right. much for the call. Uh, you've thank been on you. House Talk. I appreciate it. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's go to a break. Uh, I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. 
Tune in every week for Impact Africa with host Tope Fajanbasi. Get ready to be inspired by the people, stories, and opportunities in Africa. We're a community of Africans and friends of Africa living all over the world. Together, we'll celebrate the continent's successes and help provide solutions to some of its greatest challenges. Impact Africa can be heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Together, we'll discover that the real Africa is more than what you hear about. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back with House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Uh, we have a call waiting. Donna from New York. Hi, Donna. You're on House Talk. Oh, hi, Duncan. Before hi. we get started, I just wanted to tell you I'm really, really enjoying the House Talk. It's well, very you. informative, and I really enjoyed the um, person you had on last week dealing with reverse mortgage, because now the way it is, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions about that. So well, I just, want, well, to well, just, to, just to recap, his name is Joe Galeta of Millennium Home Mortgage, and oh, uh, he is a sponsor of this show, and he's going to be on again in a couple of weeks. I don't have the date yet, but uh, keep listening. Oh, great. I'm happy to hear that because a lot of people are asking me, and I told them I was going to call you in tonight with a question. Okay. Um, my question is, I uh, came into a nice inheritance sum, and I just was wondering in um, what areas or locations you think I should start investing. I was thinking of maybe buying something down the Jersey Shore or maybe in Florida. I want to do something. I have three sons, and mm-hmm. I want to leave them something nice as an inheritance so okay. something that I would invest in where I'd make a nice profit. Okay. Uh, how much did you inherit, if I can ask that? Almost about $500,000. Oh, that's very nice. I'll give you my address, and uh, I accept <laughs> checks or cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so you have, uh, what is the age range of your kids? Uh, 17, 22, and 26. Oh, boy, what a nice thing to do to buy a vacation home for them to use. That's, that's really great. I, I think that's terrific. Thank you. Um, so let me think. Let me just think for a second. Jersey Shore or, or here are some of the considerations. But you live in New York. Yes. So here are the advantages, disadvantages. Jersey Shore, closer. You knew that. Right. right. Also more expensive. You're buying a much smaller house in Jersey than you would in Florida. Right. For, for a vacation use. Right. The, the quick advantages I can think of are that uh, a Jersey Shore house, you can use it every weekend for four, maybe even six months out of the year. It's, right. within, drive, it's within driving distance. Right, right. Also, mm-hmm. close, closer means you can manage it yourself if it's a rental property. If you're gonna, did, did you say you were going to rent it out? I didn't ask you that. Um, I don't know, because I, I was kind of thinking maybe that would be a good move if mm-hmm. I could do it, like have them go if they'd like to in the summer and then maybe rent it for a little bit of an income in the winter. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people down the shore, I heard, do a lot of winter rentals. I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. true? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's okay. true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, closer closer to you means you can manage it yourself if you rent it. Right, uh, plus, right. like, so like you, 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 if you were to rent it on a okay. weekly or, or two-week basis, you could go in yourself and clean and inspect it in between tenants. 
That's okay. an advantage. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you right. have a house in Florida where you're doing that, you've got to pay somebody to do that. You have to have a management company that yeah. manages the place for you, and that costs you money. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Very uh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, but the other, but the other, the downside of that is, from an income perspective, uh, a house at the Jersey Shore really, you really only get going to get decent money renting it during the summer. Right. So let's say, so let's say you decide you're going to stay in it for, um, oh, I don't know two weeks in July and one week in August and rent it the rest of the time. Right. The, re- the rest of the year, you really the house isn't really in use. No, it's vacant, you know? right? You're right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to decide ahead of time, maybe right now before you make a purchase, uh, how much are you going to use it for yourself and your family and when are you going to offer it for rent? So that's something to think about. Okay. The, now, the advantage of Florida, I'm sorry, you were going to ask? Go ahead. No, I just was thinking too now because of what had happened at the Jersey Shore, a lot of the prices had dropped in a lot yes. of the really prestigious areas. Oh, there are some great deals to be had, yes. That's what I was thinking. Like if I could yeah. get a really great deal now, maybe doing something like that and maybe not even totally investing all the money into the home that I inherited and yeah, just seeing idea. what my gain could be to look into, which I would get back in touch with you, of what would be some very nice areas to pick in the Jersey Shore. That's, that's, a, that's a great idea. Idea. I, I, you know, yes, there are great deals to be had, but also great deals to be had in Florida. You right, remember when, when the, okay. the market downturn for a half million bucks in Florida? You're practically buying a palace now. You can buy a, a fantastic three bedroom condo in Florida, maybe not beachfront, but for, right. for, for five hundred thousand bucks, that's a lot of money. But here's the here's the things about the pro about Florida is that you can visit year round and you right. can rent year round. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You can, You're right. You can buy, as I said with the price, you can buy something much grander in Florida because there are great deals. The downside, you're only going to go there a couple of times a year. You're not going right. to jump. You're, you're not going to wake up Saturday morning and say, wow, the weather's great. Let's drive down to the house because right. it's in Florida. You're not going to go. You know, you're only going to get there a couple of times. But if you want to go when the weather's cold, you want to go where there's something to a warm place, then you're going to have to buy a place in Florida. Right, right. Well, you know what else I was also thinking before mm-hmm. I called you? I just wanted to get all my ducks in a row. I also mm-hmm. was thinking, like, what were you thinking, like, if I did something and to Vermont? Because, see, then Vermont, you could get it, like, summer, winter, because for skiing, summer is quite lovely. And then also, it's very, very beautiful in the fall. But you're the expert, so I was asking you <laughs> of what, I don't know what prices would be in Vermont. I think Vermont is quite lovely, but I don't know what the real estate market is doing right now in Vermont. No, it's pretty stable in, in the whole New England Northeast area. The, the, market is, the market is coming back. Prices are going up. Right. Uh, but there, there are still some good deals to be had, but you really have to hunt for them. Uh, you can go on to Realtor.com and just look at the prices of properties that are currently available. That's not, that's not a bad place to start whenever you're looking. Okay. But remember, okay. But remember something. The further away a vacation property is, the that's less the, control yeah. you have over it and right. the less often you're going to go. Right. See, that's what I'm thinking. And I, what so I have, really want to do, too, is I'd like to invest the money into something so that when I pass on, I can give them something that would be worth value. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to take the money, invest it properly, so this is going to make money, and whatever I pay, it will definitely increase in value. And then they can decide what they want to do as a family married with children, if they want to, to keep it as a summer home, whatever they'd like to do, or yeah. if it becomes whatever, and then they just decide to... To sell it and split the money between them. Okay, Donna, I'm up against the clock. I'm running out of time. I'm oh, so I'm so sorry. sorry, Duncan, but you're so, so informative, the th- and I love the, the show. Pull and up, I can, I can give you a buzz back next week. Do some pull out the calculator, do some calculating, and you got to decide what's most important to you before you make the decision. Okay, but call thank me back you very again. Much, I and I'll buzz you back next week. Thanks, Donna. Take care. Thank you. Bye, dear. Take care. <laughs> bye, bye. Okay, we're at the we're up against the clock. 
Tune in again next week, again next week, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks to my engineer, Michael Surgit, and my executive producer, Brandy Jackson. If you missed any part of today's show or you want to listen again, go to my show page here on voiceamerica.com. Have a great week. I'm Duncan Smythe. This has been House Talk. Thank you again for tuning in to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Like us on Facebook and join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.